spiritual states, the names of the Creator. Hello, everyone. Hello, Dr. Lightman. Hello. Today our show is about something very basic, the names of the Creator. And the first question to you is, there are two forces at the basis of everything. It says so in the wisdom of Kabbalah, there's something that science knows, the force of bestow, giving, and the force of reception that unites systems or differentiates them, and therefore we have variety in the world. And the question is, where is the Creator here? Which force is He? There is no Creator. There is no Creator, meaning something that is something like the something the creator is manifested in these two forces of plus and minus reception giving which of these forces is affiliated with the creator no it's uh, he's above that only in relation to us this is how he's manifested we call him creator in relation to us, but really there is something higher that is unrelated to us. So if we're talking about the Creator as an upper force, about as a thought, then in our emotions it is revealed as these two forces of reception and bestow. Yeah, but it's not He Himself, it's His attitude toward us. Yeah, but we have nothing else that we can talk about because we can only talk about that which is revealed to us. So this is the only thing that we can acquire, the, what we perceive in our senses. Yes. How is it better to call Him Creator, God, God? However, it's comfortable for you in every case. It says in the Wisdom of Kabbalah, that Boe, creator, comes from the words Boe, come and see, to go where and what can you see. I mean, it is such a quality that we can come closer to, approach, and come to know. That's why we call him Boe, creator. What does it mean to come closer? Come closer to him in your qualities, and then you'll perceive who and what he is. It says that uh, there is no creator without the created being. In the wisdom of Kabbalah, it says that whatever we attain, we, we can't call it by name. What, what does it mean that we can't name it? It means that we attain everything in our senses and not outside of them. And therefore, we can't call anything in an objective way, name anything objectively. And this way, we attain, we attain everything only in a limited, preconditional, predetermined way for us. And therefore, the Creator is called Bo'o'e, come and see, Bo'e, Creator. So, everyone has their own Creator? Of course, each has his own. We can't even compare how could, how is he revealed to one person or another or seems 
But in researchers, in our world, you can show them to anyone. Newton's laws, gravity, this, that, everyone feels, everyone senses, each in their own way. I don't know how you feel gravity, but... Uh, according under this definition, we we have a common understanding. But Creator, you have yours, I have mine. How's that? It is a completely individual research for each and every person per se, having nothing to do with. You can't compare. You can. We can exchange. We can exchange certain impressions, actions, but nonetheless. It will not be apparent the measure to which these are the same results of our inquiry of the Creator, um, that they're identical in each of us. They're not. So it's not objective, the research. Of course not. The Creator is unattainable. You, You can't attain them, in short. And we start acknowledging this to the extent of our limitedness when we acknowledge our how limited we really are. But as a result of developing the qualities, traits of the Creator in man, we start attaining Him in those qualities. And then already we can talk about how do we perceive Him in these objective qualities that we have developed in relation to ourselves for ourselves, and then we can start determining the Creator as something more objective. But those that have attained the Creator and write about it in their books, could it be a kind of guidance, instruction for me? Of course. They tell you what you need to do in your desires. How are you supposed to calibrate your desires in order to feel the Creator? But everyone will feel it. It's it's an individual sensation. Yes, personal, but you'll be able to calibrate yourself in a, you know, like musicians in an orchestra. Okay, suppose I read a book about healthy food, and uh, they give me a recipe of how to make a cake. And I make that cake according to the recipe. It's sweet, it's this, it's that. We'll feel it the same way. How do you know that it's the same way? Well, you'll say that it's sweet. I'll say that it's sweet. But how can you check it? Well, we have a common understanding of what sweet is. Yeah, okay, you'll say sweet, I'll say sweet, but it doesn't mean anything yet. Okay, you'll feel sweet in one way, I'll feel it in another way, but we come to something common. Yes, possibly we'll come to something common since we will agree with the definitions. But still, the question of attaining the Creator remains unanswered. So if the Creator is the quality of bestowal that is revealed in me, suppose the quality of bestowal and love is revealed in me, and I somehow express it in relation to some person, but how can you measure that quality of love and bestowal? 
That's only in your ego, according to the measure to which you rise above it. How do you rise above it? According to which conditions exactly? It's all very non-simple, but actually, the science of the wisdom of Kabbalah talks about this. When we talk about love, it's clear to us what love is. Two people love each other. No, no, we don't understand that at all. This is the difference between people. Look at how he grasps what love is and she grasps what love is and see the differences, disagreements between them. Yeah, but there's mutual concern, things like that, care. This is what in general everyone agrees to, but when you start going into more practical, more detailed definitions, then here there's already a problem because each of us is created differently. People are not similar to each other and we can't compare our impressions. We can't measure our sensations and by no means can we actually define who's who in relation to the other person all the more. Okay, so... A different question. Why is the nature of the Creator bestowal and love? Why, why this form in relation to us? He has created an egoistic quality that each created being wishes to be fulfilled by Him, by the Creator. And if the created being wishes to be fulfilled by him, then this kind of desire is called a still vegetative or animate. And if the created being wants to be fulfilled, not simply in the form of the still vegetative and the animate, but wishes to be filled with the sensation of another, meaning that it is no longer in him, but in another, then it's considered, then he's considered man, because the Creator feels us outside of him. And if we achieve such a state where we can feel something outside of us, then we're called Adam, man. Adam from the word Dome, similar to the Creator. About the consistency, permanency of the Creator, He doesn't change in relation to man, but it is man's actions that change the way he perceives the Creator, and there are many writings about it in Kabbalistic texts, that, as it says, I do not change my avaya, etc., etc. Can you explain what it means that the Creator is consistent, that He doesn't change His attitude toward the Creator? Because to begin with, it is one quality of the stolen love toward all of his created things and no matter how they change his attitude toward them is unchangeable and therefore though it seems to us that we can change our attitude toward the the creator's attitude toward us but it is only in relation to our actions 
but in relation to everyone and everything the Creator is an utter good and that's it. It says that uh, the Creator, He punishes for certain actions. No, no, it's in order for us to straighten ourselves out. If we don't if we don't do that, his attitude toward us does not change. If we don't do it, then his attitude toward us does not change because we do not implement the plan of creation. So his attitude does change according to our actions. His attitude toward us changes according to our actions because we need to constantly change and correct. So why does it say that he's constant? His attitude toward us is utterly good, loving, and in that it doesn't change. Uh, so the actions change, but not the attitude. Right. Okay, the Creator... It says that the Creator and nature have the same numerical value in Kimatria 86, and this points at the fact that both the Creator and nature, from the point of view of those that have attained it, Kabbalists meaning, is identical, meaning the Creator and nature are the same. What does it mean? that the Creator and nature are the same. Everything around us and more and more and whatever we can say about whatever it is besides a person's little ego, it's all the Creator. But how is it that the Creator and nature have the same miracle value? So those that revealed this, it doesn't matter how they reveal, how they revealed it, how they revealed it, and what they call it. But we're talking about what there is that all of nature, everything that exists, we call it all the Creator. Yeah, but for someone to reveal it and call this phenomenon. Creator, boy in Hebrew, and someone called it Ateva, nature in Hebrew. And I opened the book and I see that it's one and the same. It all equals 86. The Creator and nature are the same. So I'm asking, how's that? Who, who said so? Who called it this way? People that reveal the Creator. Kabbalists. That's why they call Kabbalists. The person that reveals, he calls the Creator, Creator. Boe. Yeah. Boe comes from the words Boe. Come and see that this is how we come closer to Him and inquire Him. There's this concept called taste and see that the Creator is good. Taste the Creator, meaning we have five senses, and the strongest sense is taste. Yeah, like a child, he puts everything in his mouth. I thought that is actually the tactile sensation that's strongest. No, no, tactile, sometimes we don't sense, but the, the taste that's closest to us. You know, to see the Creator, okay, somehow I can understand. To hear, that's clear. But it says that it's possible. It says that you can see, hear, and also taste the Creator. Taste is, taste is the closest, is a person's closest sensation because 
he brings all that into himself. He feels it inside himself. Meaning to see and hear, it's not on some level. It's from afar. It's some secondary inquiries. Can you give an example? What does it mean to see the Creator? Like you see a person, and you'll be able to determine him according to certain, define him by certain principles, have some kind of contact with him. Yeah, but we see a person, you don't see the Creator. Make it so that you'll be able to see the Creator. Here we start taking interest in the wisdom of Kabbalah, the wisdom about revealing the Creator. Okay. In the source texts, Kabbalah source texts, it says that if you gather all the pleasures that humanity has experienced through its entire existence, then one gram of spiritual pleasure is much greater than all the pleasures that humanity has ever experienced. True. How could it be? Because one contact with the Creator covers all other kinds of all, everything else, covers anything that a person could ever sense, feel, experience. But if it says so, you know, everyone's supposed to be knocking on the door to find the Creator. No, no one has such a desire. We want that which seems as existing next to us and appealing, and that doesn't exist for us and doesn't appeal to us. So it's just because we have no desire for it? Why isn't the Creator Himself interested in us revealing Him? Why doesn't He awaken this desire in us? He does only gradually in order to preserve our freedom of will, of choice. So a person who reveals the Creator he is in constant pleasure? Of course, the upper, highest, complete pleasure that completely fulfills him. And after that, a new desire, empty desire is revealed, and the person aspires to fulfill it too. And that's how he goes from smaller pleasure to bigger and greater by revealing the the empty spaces in him. Well, I can imagine it somehow, but still, I want to depict some kind of picture to myself. Suppose, if I think about ants that exist, you know, for millions of years, they do get pleasure, some kind of pleasure, because matter altogether, uh, a tree also gets pleasure. So if you take the pleasure of all ants and you compare it to the pleasure of a person, the pleasure that it gets from power, suppose, from, you know, some kind of human... Because by quality, these are completely different pleasures. Of course they are. So that you can't compare them. So one second of some human pleasure from the human level, where you love someone, a child, suppose, obviously in quality is much greater than the pleasure of all ants combined. Same with the Creator? Yes, it is. The spiritual world can be characterized as 
the connection of unconnectable, mutually rejecting appearances. And in our world, we see that there is either hate or love. They can't exist at the same time. But the spiritual world is based on the combination, connection of opposites. How does that work? It says that because of that, there is this great pleasure in the revelation. The The spiritual world is built on our egoistic desire, forcing us to start correcting it with the help of an altruistic intention and therefore receiving the spiritual that occurs in the connection between the egoistic desire and altruistic intention, this is what gives us the tremendous option of broadening our attainment, perception, understanding states that we can define, that we can measure, sense, and completely new measurements called Oviyut, coarseness, Masach, screen, Ochozer, reflected light, what the wisdom of Kabbalah works with. So these opposites give volume, yes, spiritual volume, and we have no volume because we're like in one realm. Yeah, well put. It says that he and his name are one in a sentence. What does it mean? That the Creator and his name are one because what we grasp as the name of the Creator, the four letters of the name of the Creator, that for us is the Creator in and of himself. Meaning there is no he someplace in his name, but it's one and the same. Relative to us, it's one, and still we can't talk about anything higher. So the four-letter name of the Creator, yud vav is the structure of our desire. That which is revealed in our desire is Him. Yeah, and what's outside of the desire, we can't even inquire. Right, and it says that all of creation is the realization, manifestation of the names of the Creator. Yes, the Creator and all of His appearances in relation to us is revealed to us as nature. And it says that there is none else besides Him. We talk about the Creator. There's something that we need to say. Is it a law? None else besides Him? Of course it is. That there is no force that can change something that we can turn to, that something can come from. It is all one force. And does a person need to believe in it? He needs to reveal it. Because we see a different picture. A person can't say that there's none else besides him. Well, for man, nature altogether is falling apart into billions of different influences on him, sources, and we need to reveal that it is all one whole power, force, intention, and this way to near it. Were I to ask you about the language of the Creator, how would you answer? What language does He speak? He speaks the language of bestowal in love. So the Creator understands the language of bestowal in love, understands and speaks it, and that's why we don't hear Him. 
don't feel them because we don't use that language. А вот также писали, что есть разница между трепетом и боязнь. Fear, regular fear and spiritual fear. In Hebrew it's spiritual fear and pachad, simple fear. Um, should one fear the Creator? No. It is not in... You can't grasp that in, in human perception because our entire perception stems from the ego. And therefore, uh, it can't be true or the source of direct impression of the Creator, etc., etc. Um, it says that you can't, don't speak the name of the Creator in vain. Right, it means that you can't do it. You can't. Call, oh, you can't say the name of the Creator because for that you need to make yourself similar to the Creator. So you can't means that it's simply impossible. Don't. Mean, so you can't reveal the Creator unless you connect with other people and then He's simply revealed. Yeah. So where is the Creator revealed? Where should we look for Him? Between people? Yeah. How do you build the image of the Creator? What image does He have? Good between people. When it is revealed, then there you can reveal the Creator. Well, it's abstract, good, you know, abstract, what, can I depict it for you? The problem is that every person understands what good is his own way. doesn't matter. Not good for you, but good toward others. When you do what others want for their benefit, Benefit, not that they, not specifically what they want, but to their benefit. Then you reveal the quality of the Creator. Well, everything's like simple, but you look at, at, at you look at space, billions of stars. Uh, it's all uh, it's all still. Yeah, but the Creator, love this, that, love it, give. It seems like it's simplified somehow. No, no, it's not simple. It's very complicated. In order to perform, reveal some one sensation, you need a billion of cosmoses to create, to, I don't know, depict somehow. So millions and billions of years, the spectrum of our sensations was created in us, and we, in order to become like Him, need to also generate ourselves. One small movement between people toward each other is enough in order to create those tremendous forces that exist between all different cosmic um, entities. Thank you very much.